Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports info from live in-game betting, props, and futures. If you head on over to Ben Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet, if you use our promo code, which is Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. I'm really excited about this week's guest because it's a guy that doesn't do a lot of media uh, as a whole. And we're super honored and humbled that he would join us for a few minutes to, uh, to chop it up about your Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the president and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Stan Kasten stops by the Carnasada. So here we go. Let's get right into it. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. And stopping by the Canasada for a few minutes, uh, we're very excited. A guy that does not do a lot of media, and we're very humbled that he would join our little podcast. Uh, President and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers, your Los Angeles Dodgers, Stan Kasten. Stan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Alonzo. Good to talk to all of you guys today. Yeah, we, we've been looking forward to it. You know, I uh, just uh, on a personal note, I Roger, when we started all this, we, we jokingly put a list together of people we wanted on, and you were on there, and, and, and you were a part of the we probably will never get him on. So I'm, I'm, I'm biting my tongue pretty hard right now, so I appreciate you joining higher. us. You need to aim higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> so now what are you going to do now that you've accomplished your goals? I mean, you know, that's why that's why you always make more goals, right? Okay. So so I wanted to ask you, it's been a decade since Guggenheim took over the, the Dodgers as far as the ownership group goes. And I know they brought you on as the president, you know, when, when the sale closed and all that stuff. And something that I've always wondered, and I haven't really heard anything out there uh, that, that clarifies it, is what kind of got you guys in the in the, the decision, I guess, the decision that was made to have the philosophy that the Dodgers have from the top down. And I know it starts with you because I know you've had success elsewhere as well. But as far as the data goes and even the culture, as far as the club goes, like, where, you know, kind of where did that come from? And when did Guggenheim make that decision to kind of have that be the operational mantra of the Dodgers, if you will? Well, while I was doing this, putting this together, um, I was spending a lot of time looking at a lot of different things. But the way we run today is uh, consistent with what I've always felt about running franchises as I've done before or companies. You know, we, we focus on several critical things. We focus on our product. We focus on our customer. We focus on our brand. And um, in the sports world, in the sports translation of that, that means your product, which is your team, your customer, which is the stadium experience and all the other ways we reach out to you. And uh, your brand is our community relations effort. So we said that the first day we got here, that that's what we were going to do. 
Uh, Mark Walter and I were looking at things. Once I left Washington, I, I considered a number of things, but I got together with Mark and we were looking at the Astros because they were for sale at that time. But then someone whispered in my ear that, hey, Stan, something's going to happen with the Dodgers. And Mark and I looked at each other and said, whoa, that's that's a horse of a different color. But and so we threw ourselves into that. But uh, uh, the game plan would have been the same no matter where we were. Um, we articulated it again on the first day that we got here. I am proud that we have owners that have lived up to the commitments we made on that very first day. I can't tell you how rare that is, uh, but it's true of our ownership. And it's true of our management philosophy here. And as you see, it, it's worked out really well for us, for our fans, for our community. And I'm, I'm very proud of all of that. Yeah, and, and needless to say, uh, it's, it's panned out okay. You know, championship, couple World Series appearances, no big deal. Um, yeah. w- with that too, though, I, I, I was curious. You know, there's a lot of talk always of, of the offseason with the Dodgers, right, as far as, you know, the, there's a lot of they're in on guys, right? Freddie Freeman was a guy as just an example from last year. But as far as, like, the resources go, you know, c- kind of who makes the decision as far as, hey, we're willing to invest these this amount of resources to this guy even if it maybe might be a little, I don't know, I don't want to say exorbitant, but, you know, above market value in some cases or, you know, a a long-term deal, you know, kind of who makes those decisions and what really goes into those decisions. We've heard Andrew talk a little bit about it, but, uh, but, you know, obviously the the buck stops with you. So I was curious on that end. On, uh, on all major, major decisions like that, Andrew and I and Mark all are intimately involved with each other in the thinking process. And as far as I'm concerned, if Andrew's uh, okay with the talent and Mark is okay with the money, my job is then to do whatever I can to help make it happen. And and that kind of works. That kind of works. Mark is the last word on money, especially when we uh, do something you might call extravagant. But his philosophy has always been, let's build the product up. I've taken that ball and run with it. So has Andrew. And uh, it has paid off for us. We've always felt that um, when we got here, uh, we knew what the legacy was. And we were so proud to be a part of that legacy. We were going to come in and respect the history, respect the legacy, and honor all of that. Um, But we were going to do it in a responsible way. And um, Mark has always been there when it came time to stretch. Mark has never said no because he thinks I think, Andrew thinks, if we do the right things here with the team, we'll be rewarded by the fans in terms of tickets and food and beverage and sponsorships and media and all the other things we need to make this work. And that's just how this has turned out so far. No, absolutely. And, and, and perfect segue, because I know she's chomping at the bit. Alicia Del Valle, go ahead. What? Uh, Stan, he, he says that with love, believe it or not. Um, I do. Because I am such a fangirl, Uh, first and foremost, Dodger fan, and bravo to you and the team because you have elevated the Dodger game experience. I couldn't even imagine uh, what was coming for us, so thank you for that. I have relatives and friends from out of town. As soon as they come to L.A., it's not the Disneyland. It's not the Santa Monica Pier. They want to go to a Dodger game. I'm glad you said that because my first time here, in Dodger Stadium was 45 years ago on my honeymoon. Because when I came to Los Angeles, that was the first thing I wanted to see. So I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Right. Well, thank you for that. I mean, just the families, the legacies, the traditions that you are carrying on, because that's how I fell in love with sports, with baseball, with Dodgers baseball, is my father. And and I want to go back to that word invest, the investment. Considering your legacy and your history with Atlanta and all your success there and and the ties you have there, when you came to Los Angeles, was that always a goal for you to bring Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers? Because he is just killing it right now. He's at the top of his game uh, all over Major League Baseball. Was that always the plan of yours? <laughs> no, it was. Our plan was to get better, always get better, whatever that takes. Andrew has a philosophy, which is consistent with mine, to always be involved in anything, to always be exploring anything. His phrases, I like to stay around the backboard in case something doesn't work out someplace else. I want to be right there. That is what happened with Freddie. Uh, but we were prepared to go into the season without him. We would have done something else if we needed something else. But I think we are opportunistic. Um, and we have we don't have a lot of committee meetings here um, on something that's really intense and last minute. Andrew, Stan, Mark gets on the phone. We figure it out and then move on. Uh, now, Andrew's department, they have a lot of committee meetings. They do an extraordinary amount of homework research on anything before it even gets to that point. Um, but once it's something that Andrew is in favor of, we can make it happen quickly. Awesome. So you stay prepared. You're ready for an opportunity. Yeah. Like a Freddie Freeman. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a great life philosophy, right? Be yeah. prepared. And I have, I would be remiss as the only Latino Dodgers podcast. I have to ask about Julio Urias. Yeah. We're a little nervous. I mean, we're, we don't want to think that far ahead because we're ready for the World Series. How consistent and how great has Julio been for the Dodgers organization, especially again this season? And this is a two-parter. Is there any hint you could give us about what is going to happen when his contract is up in a year or two? Um, we, we couldn't be happier about Julio. And, and listen, let me give you a little history. I was here my very first month on the job in, uh, in June of 2000. We got here in May. So in June of 2012, Logan White, our then scouting director, was on a trip with my instructions under this new ownership to be as aggressive as we could be internationally. And on that trip, he said he found someone he thought was going to be great. And it was Yasiel Puig and Victor Gonzalez and a pitcher named uh, Julio Urias. And uh, we said, great, then go for it. And, and we did. And that worked out great for us. In all three cases, it worked out great for us. That was just part of the philosophy of being opportunistic and being aggressive. So we, we love our history with, with uh, Julio. He's been here. It's 10, 11 years in our organization now. He has another year to go on this contract. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you what will happen after that. You're asking me about the, the team, not even in 23, but in 24. So I don't have any answers for you today, other than to say, we're the Dodgers. We have to contend every year. We're going to contend in 23 and in 24. I don't know who the players will be, but I do know we're going to be contenders year in, year out. We are the Dodgers. That's what we expect. And I know that's what all of you expect. I love it. I'm so grateful. That's it. Okay, I'm going to share the, I can go on and on, but I'm going to share the mic with my co-host. Go ahead, Juan. <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. Uh, you know, Stan, I, you mentioned history, and I, I, to me, I, I really appreciate that you have embraced the Dodgers' history, 
And I feel like you guys do a really good job of incorporating the past and making sure that, that those legacies stay alive. In particular, you have the Legends of Dodger Baseball, which, which honors you know players in the franchise both on and off the field. It's up at the top of the deck for anybody who wants to go see it. You guys have the Ring of oh, Honor. Also in the Centerfield Plaza. And if you haven't been there, you should get there. So we do that there as well. Exactly. And and you have the retired numbers. You got Vin up there. You got Harin up there. Uh, my, my question is, the retired numbers, we all know that the requirement is to be in the Hall of Fame. There are There is an exception there with Junior Gilliam. But what would it take for that policy to change and, and retire a player's number that is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, is that policy set in stone, Stan? Well, let me say a couple of things. First of all, as I said to you, when we got here, we made a point of respecting our legacy, respecting our history. But we also were trying to be respectful to the policies that were in place before here, before we got here. You mentioned the policy about retired numbers. So far, we have decided to retain that same policy. At the same time, we also retain the policy of not giving the number out. You know, we we're trying to be respectful. Uh, and this, by the way, cuts across the organization, hundreds of policies that we try to respect. But there are changes from time to time. I can't say there isn't. Of course, there is. There are. And um, we talk about these things and give them a good review from time to time. The last time we had a thorough review of things like this was probably pre-COVID. And COVID has thrown our timetable way off on a lot of things. So I can't say the policy will ever change. I'm not going to tell you that. But for now, it's the policy that has been here for a while. We're living with it. And as to what the future holds, I don't have anything more to say today. But let's just wait and see. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, there isn't a specific player that would make you reevaluate that policy. Like I said, let's just wait and see. <laughs> All right. So uh, one guy who is in the ring of honor, and it's his last year, and as we are a all Latino podcast, everybody involved in here is Latinos. Jaime Harin is very important, not only to our community, but I'll say to the whole world of baseball. Uh, my question to you is, this is his last year, but prior to you coming to the Dodgers, even before your time with the Braves, how aware were you of Jaime Harin? I was aware of both uh, Vin and Jaime, uh, just knowing them casually, you know, because I was with another team. So I'd see them when they came into LA, uh, when they came into Atlanta or Washington, I'd see them uh, when I would come out here. So I knew them casually. I certainly knew their body of work, particularly Jaime. And I knew how important he had been to the Dodger history in Los Angeles because of his connection to the Hispanic community. So I know his place. Uh, we have honored him and no one deserves it more than him. He's a revered member of our family, will be forever. And that's why we have his microphone retired right up there on the Ring of Honor. No, I mean, it's it, it's 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 going to be sad because now you, you guys are creating a new legacy because you got Joe Davis who just picked up from Vin and nobody has complained about it. Everybody wow. thinks Joe Davis just picks up right. So well, I'm very curious to see what you guys do with Jaime's legacy. I, I am. I told Joe that I may not be here, but I'm looking forward to the ceremony in the year 2073 when he passes Vin. <laughs> and um, that should be a fun time for all of us. So I hope we're all there. You know, we, we had Janet Marie Smith on, on, on the show, and she told us you were the one that said to her, hey, Dodger Stadium needs a front door. 
So yeah. this is your chance now to glow and take credit for that center field plaza, Stan. How did that come to? Um, it, well, we had a lot of things we wanted to change. And in 2013, we did some of the behind the scenes stuff, we, like the locker room. But we also did purely fan things like expanding the concourses and updating the restrooms and, and uh, building out some of the other entrances. Uh, but I thought what we were lacking, a couple things, we were lacking kind of modern amenities that most new stadiums have and food uh, food alternatives and history and video and all that. Plus, we don't have a grand entrance. And Dodger Stadium, of all stadiums, deserves a grand entrance befitting the grandeur of the stadium. And that, to me, was always something we were missing. We noodled it around and we realized, you know, what we could do to really knock it out of the park was to have fans greeted by Sandy Koufax and Jackie Robinson, which is how they are greeted now. When you come in through that grand entrance, uh, that's how you're greeted at Dodger Stadium, which is very fitting. Um, it's also become such a great place for us to gather pregame, during the game, after the game. And as I've said, Dodger Stadium is never going to be a new stadium, but it can be a 21st century experience. And with those two extra acres of fan amenities, I, I think we've done it. Um, I, the reaction I've gotten from fans is extraordinary. And like a lot of things, it was very expensive, but I think it's going to pay for itself as every investment we've made on this team has because of the support we have from our fans and no small part, the Hispanic fan base. They're incredibly important to us. And I know we have a lot of our Hispanic fans out there every night. That's where the mariachis perform on Tuesdays, uh, but we have pregame music there every night. Uh, it really is a good time. And if you haven't been there yet, if you just come to a game, look, it's the most beautiful stadium ever built to play or watch the game of baseball. And now it's even better. So by all means, get a chance and, and come experience the center field plaza. No, no lies detected, right, Alonzo? <laughs> none, none seen, none heard. Uh, joining us here for a few more minutes is uh, the president and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Stan Kasten. Stan, you, you, and a little more to, to gloat about you. You, you're no, you're no uh, pushover either, right? We talked, you know, Andrew Friedman. We talked Jana Marie Smith. You, you've had a successful run yourself. I mean, th those Hawks teams that you were over with Dominique Wilkins. I believe it was four fifty win seasons, if I'm not mistaken. I had more, more than that, but doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I set it up and he hit it, so it worked yeah, out. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then also those Braves teams when you were there, uh, you know, kind of coming back to baseball. But but I wanted to ask you, when it comes to the construction of a team, I I, I know it takes a, a village to, to do all that work. Uh, you, you have a proven track record time and time again. How hard is it to, to, to more or less not get complacent? Because obviously you know – that you know what it takes, you know what you know what what you got to do, and you also now know what it is to kind of get over that hill. At, you know, with the Dodgers, for instance, they won that World Series. Uh, so, so how hard is it to not either you know to, to stay complacent and just to kind of keep going and, and, and grinding along? Well, um, everyone on this team, everyone in this organization, we are dedicated to one thing, and that's winning it all this year. Every year, it's important. I don't think we have any challenge in fighting complacency because i don't know certainly there's no player or coach who feels complacent let me tell you i expect to be in arizona the next day or two because we might clinch a division championship now you'll say stan you've won lots of divisions why are you there 
I'm there because it's important. It's important because there will be guys in that locker room that have never done this before. There will be guys in this locker room that have, may never have another chance to do it. And we should never be in this business so long that winning a division championship isn't incredibly meaningful. And that's how I feel. And I think Andrew, Doc, Mark, we all feel the same way. And I know every player feels that way. So we're looking forward to the next step, which is winning a division. And then at least three or four steps beyond that. <laughs> no, fair. And that's honestly, that's, you know, we, we've advocated that as far as, you know, the players have obviously said that out loud that the, the end game is, is a world championship. And, you know, the players have said that, you know, we, we've said it as fans. Juan, I, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. He was worried about some stuff, but, uh, but, you know, I'm always day, worried. That's what I, Stan, can, Stan, Stan can you please tell them that this is what a, a totally illogical fan worries about? I'm sure you guys worry about the same thing, right? You guys want to win every year. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about our motivation. Not not even for one second. So Juan, go ahead and worry about all the other things. You can cross that one off of your list. Thank all you, right. Stan. I, I appreciate that. That falls under the mantra in Spanish of no pasa nada. Nothing's yeah. gonna happen. So he just proved he just proved the point. He just proved the point, Juanito. I wish I had his composure. I I mean, I mean to to be able to uh, you know I, I get it, and I'm glad that guys like Stan and Andrew are in charge of this team and not some idiot like me that freaks out about like the littlest thing. I, I mean, Stan, how do you put up with that with the fans overreaction to everything? You know, um, I I remind people. Any of you watch The Godfather? And you've all seen. Oh it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remind people of that great scene from that hotel room in Havana, where Hyman Roth is telling Michael Corleone about you know his son was killed. He didn't take it personal. It was just business. And then he says the immortal words, "Hey, this is the business we've chosen." And so you guys, you you come along with the job. The yeah. business I've chosen, and I just don't worry about. It. Hey, Alicia, I, I'm going to let you go, but did you have on your bingo card that Stan was going to do a Hyman Roth impression on our yeah. show? I did not, but now it's elevated even uh, higher because that is- I used that a lot. I use it. I tell all our people when they're getting upset about too many little things, hey, this is the business we've chosen. Let's <laughs> move on. And, it's and, a great and, and I remembered that from the day when my dad was running molasses, you know, with, with Marlon yeah, Brando. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the swagger too. He doesn't just deliver the line; he acts it out. Right. right. <laughs> yes. I them on the Zoom on the radio. I don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for giving, helping us with Juan and his tendencies to, you know, think catastrophize. Going to happen? Yes, doomsday. Yeah. We call him the Prince of Darkness because he likes to go straight to the worst case scenario. But over and over, season after season, since you all have taken over ownership, it has been just a joy we're spoiled i'm i'm making a shirt right now that says spoiled in the dodger logos because we are so spoiled as fans so thank you i, I love that we brought up you are ready for winning another division ready for the world series i love that dave roberts called it out in the beginning of the season did you know the skipper was going to do that were you all in what was your reaction when dave roberts proclaimed we are going to win I, you know if you if you know dave You'd be shocked if he didn't do that. The man is so <laughs> upbeat and positive about everything. I will tell you this. What I say at the start of camp every year, which is consistent with what 
Andrew and Doc feel also, uh, we expect to win every year. We are built to contend. I use the word contend, but I mean to win it all. Every year we have the players, we have the coaches, we have the staff, we have the facilities to do that because, as I said, we're the Dodgers. So we come into camp every year expecting to win. Do I know Doc is going to promise it? I don't know, but, but that's just who he is. And he wouldn't be the same guy if he wasn't quite that passionate and enthusiastic. So we love that about Doc. And we we all hear we interact with the fans every week. We go live, and we've been discussing lately which teams we would prefer the Dodgers. Obviously, it's out of our control, but bear with us. This is what we do. We pod, you know. We we fantasize and we cringe and we and we get afraid. What, if any, are the teams that you want to see moving forward? I mean, again, the tide of Atlanta is that something you would want to see? Or are you looking forward? There's a lot of people, a lot of fans who want the revenge on the Astros. And I'm even thinking like the first round, let's get through that. Don't get one started. Is there, are there any teams that you are, you would prefer to see? No, it doesn't work that way in the postseason. You just don't even try to predict that or plan <laughs> for it or think something would be better than something else. It just doesn't work out that way. We have to beat all of them to get our ring. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to beat all of them. Prepared, prepared, and and we're ready to go with you right there. See one, don't worry, one. It's no pasa nada, Juanito. Look, I, I, look, st Stan. Do you know the 1985 NLCS? Oh boy, here we go. Oh, God. Here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about okay. <laughs> That's the reason why I have trauma, and I, the, I don't know why it's so hard to understand when you see Jack Clark. I mean, years later, bless his heart, Tommy Lasorda. They asked him on the radio, why did you pick to Jack Clark? And Tommy reacted like it just happened and went off his rocker. Yeah. That's that's the kind of fear, and I get it. That's what sports brings, I, right? I there were some subjects I shouldn't bring up to Tommy. Jack <laughs> 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 Clark was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> there, I, there we go. Uh, Stan, before we set you loose, I, I wanted to ask you two things. One, how... A lot of Dave Roberts catches a lot of flack, right, with the fans and all that stuff. And the we, he's chosen, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But what I'm getting to though is is we're we're all about giving people their flowers while they're here. And Dave Roberts, when it's all said and done, whenever he hangs it up, which is hopefully a very long time from now, is it's going to go down as one of the best that ever did what he's doing. How 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 you you deal with him on a on a day to day basis? And you mentioned a little bit ago, you know, even a little bit about his personality. How special is Dave Roberts to everything that you guys are building? Listen, uh, the attitude, the passion, uh, the sense of inclusiveness that he has brought uh, to every day and to every player is a very important part of what we do. It's what makes this place such an attraction for fans and for players. Uh, everyone wants to be with the Dodgers. Everyone wants to come here. When we're talking about players, the money has to be right, too, but everyone wants to be a Dodger. Um, I was thinking about this just today. My great teams in Atlanta, we had a great run, and their GM and manager are both in the Hall of Fame. I expect both my guys here to get there someday, too. So, yeah, he couldn't be more more important and more special. And you heard it, you heard it from the man himself, the president and CEO, Stan Kasten. Last question. We're, we meant, as you heard, we're, we're about Latino culture, obviously, on this podcast. is the only Latino podcast. We're all things Los Angeles, and we're all things tacos. So my question to you is, in Los Angeles, actually, it doesn't even have to be L.A. proper. It could be anywhere in, you know, down that way. Where do you go get tacos, and what is your favorite taco? 
Um, actually, I make them at home. I get myself some nice soft tacos and I put my own uh, ingredients in. I'm alone in town a lot. Uh, and so that's what I do. I don't go out for tacos, although uh, Guisados is right on the street, right out here on Sunset outside the stadium. I understand, and they must be great because the line is down the block whenever the game's over. But personally, I do my own at home. Fair. Wow. Fair. Look at, can I, look, can I look ask what it. kind of meat and what kind it's of tortilla okay. you use? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't use meat on mine. I'm sorry. Oh, um, fair. I, I just go cheese and a lot of veggies. Fair. Well, no, we don't discriminate. We don't discriminate. Veggie tacos, fish tacos, meat to whatever, you know, whatever to one's liking is, that's the move. Yeah. Burrito tacos, all of that is delicious. That burrito bowl. I mean, that's that's all. All We're inclusive here, too. Just like they, just like Doc is, we're inclusive, yeah, too. Sometimes, when it comes sometimes to I use meat, but then I can't put cheese on it. That's a kosher thing, so I can't do that. But uh, usually I just say veggie just to keep it safe. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, Stan, We again, I, I know I mentioned this before. You don't do a lot of these, so I really appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of give us a little bit of insight as well with what's going on with the organization. And, uh, and, and again, we can't thank you as Dodger fans either enough for, uh, for what you're continuing to do. So we, we, we can only wish you continued success, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Yeah, we can. And, again, all you can do for me is keep following, keep watching, keep supporting us because that's what makes the engine run. The support of our fans is what keeps this going. So thank you. No, hey, hey Stan, who gave the order to kill Mo Green? <laughs> <laughs> who gave the order? Nobody questioned it because it was all a part of business, Stan. <laughs> the business we've chosen, Juan. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Stan Kasten, President and CEO of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, again, thank you, Stan. We really appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, this is Eric Gagne. You guys are watching Bleed Lowest Podcast. You know what, guys? I I didn't know what to expect with Stan, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, in part because he doesn't talk to hardly any media. Um, and I loosely use media here because why the fuck are we? <laughs> so so the fact that he entertained us is, is, is that in itself is an accomplishment. But I, my biggest takeaway from it, there's two things. One, this dude doesn't like to lose. And he, he for sure makes a point to say that the culture, as far as the team goes, he knows that there's, a, you know, kind of a, a achievements as you go along, right, along the way. But the end game is they know what the end game is, is they want to win. They want to win a World Series, much to Juan Ramirez's chagrin. They want to win a World Series every single year. But the other thing is he, he understands the fan base, right? And what I mean by that is he understands who, who's coming through the door. We talk a lot about it. Latinos, right? He understands that component of it and he understands the importance of it, but he's also just aware. He's aware of the historical elements. He's aware of, you know, the current day elements, even with his successes, he was very, you know, he, he, he in jest, I know he was a little, uh, glowful of it, but he's aware. I wasn't expecting that if I'm being honest with you, but for him to be so involved was such a surprise for me. What did you guys think? Hey, Alonso, real quick. Yeah. And the, just to, to, we had Stan on, if you notice, what it says right there, episode 100. So it's, we're thankful that we got Stan to be our 100th Yay. episode, you know, our, our, our guest. So pretty big deal to get Stan on. And we're really grateful that, you know, the Dodgers allowed him to come on our show. Like you said, you know, our little show, um, you know, like, you know, it, it's pretty special to, to, to get Stan on here talking about the Dodgers and what they built over the last 10 years. And I'm super ththankful for, for that, for what they're doing and what Stan doing in the Guggenheim group. So really, really uh, want to give the props to them and thanks to them. 
I was going to do that at the end, but the reason I was saving that for the end is because you're burying the lead because we talked to Stan Gaston today. Guys. <laughs> oh, I'm super thankful we talked to Stan, Stan Gaston today. It's all, you know, uh, it's all good. Congratulations, gentlemen, on 100 uh, episodes because I'm, I'm the new kid in town. So that's pretty epic. And to have Stan Gaston as your anniversary guest. Bravo, guys. I'm, I'm honored to be even a small little piece of that. And he was... I did not know what to expect because even when I tried doing my research and finding interviews with him, he does not do a lot, Alonso. You are correct, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that talk about Stan Caston and all of his accomplishments and successes, and that's pretty cool to hear it from the man himself. I like his mindset. I'm so glad he's aware on his team, rather, and and I'm I'm looking forward to the future even more as a Dodger fan after speaking with him. So I'm good. I got nothing to worry about, unlike some people, Juan. <laughs> Tough scene. Look, uh, first of all, yeah, it's our 100th episode, everybody. For everybody watching... I, I want to thank everybody who support. I mean, this is our second season for us to get to 100 episodes. Babyface, Alonzo, I don't know when we first started doing this if you thought we'd, we, we'd get to 100. No I'm chance. Al I'm always amazed at the number of people that listen to the show. We have a loyal fan base. I love that you guys reach out to us on social media. I love interacting with you guys on the live. That's been so fun. So... For our 50th, we had Jaime Hadrin, and for our 100th, we had Stan Kasdan. Uh, for me, the biggest takeaway, and it just confirms everything, is that men are obsessed with The Godfather. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, he was quoting The Godfather Part Two, and I have, and I told you guys this out, off the air. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to look at Stan Kasdan and not see Hyman Roth anymore. I mean, to me, I will be referring to him as Hyman Roth from this point on. But it just cracks me up that guys will always find a way to to compare whatever they're doing to somehow the Godfather. I, I, Alicia, do you not in your interactions dealing with all these machistas? How, how many times have you had somebody drop a Godfather reference and you just roll your eyes? I don't roll my eyes. I'm one of the, I, I like the Godfather. I prefer Godfather too. That's my favorite, but it's all the same. It is that legacy. Um, I do agree with you though. A lot of men in the <laughs> industries I've worked in, Hollywood and sports and news, all reference Godfather and Scarface. Back to back. That's that's the jams. So, I do a lot of Scarface and it drives my wife nuts. See? Yeah. <laughs> You need people like me, so you can point your fingers and say, there goes a bad guy. Except I don't do the accent because I can't do the accent. <laughs> I, I know my strengths and weaknesses, and it's not uh, uh, irritating How cool was, was Stan's like, swagger when he was... If you guys he did, yeah, he went in. If you're he only listening, in. take a moment and watch this podcast because yeah. he, he, he delivers. It, it really is how he believes. <laughs> well, but have, it is really... Uh, go ahead, baby, please. I'll say I have a confession, but I'm not going to say it because you guys probably won't let me live it down. You've never seen The Godfather, have you? I didn't say that. All right. What's your cool? Confession? He's never seen The Godfather confirmed. No lies have been detected. Really? 
You're no like, Godfather, no Godfather, like, no Scarface. You're almost fifty <laughs> years old, bro. You're almost fifty, and those are and those were like peak movies when you were like in high school. I think. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to have a new. A yeah, we're gonna have to watch party. Night. We're gonna have to do a Godfather. We can't do a watch party for the playoffs anymore because we have to watch the Godfather yes. and, and Scarface. You know, and it was just the anniversary of the Godfather. It is it the fiftieth anniversary. We should have taken you to the theater. This is information you should have shared with us a long time ago. Baby Many movies. I still I have them on DVD. I have them on Blu-ray, so yeah, I mean, see, like it's gotta happen. Oh my goodness, baby! Like, I mean, do you remember I back know, in the I know day, some like, of the quotes, but like, like do you remember back in the day with MTV Cribs when you'd go to every rapper's house and be like, oh, every rapper <laughs> has Scarface in the house. Everyone should have Scarface and the Godfather series in some capacity in their house. How dare you, Roger? Babyface just pulled a Peter Griffin from Family Guy. I did not care for the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in my defense, so Alonso's never seen. Uh, Johnny Utah movie, right? So. <laughs> point, br- point break. Point break. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and he lives in Utah. But I, but I, but at least I've seen the classics, like The Godfather's. That is a Scarface. I am a huge Point Break. I would put that in the classics. That I is a classic. Would, yeah. I love Point Break. People, anytime. Well, before, okay. Let's talk about movies another time. Well, but <laughs> I, I uh, the other thing I took away from Stan though, I didn't realize how involved he was day to day until he kind of made that point, which is good, right? It, like, like you you hear like for instance, you know, I asked him the way I asked him, you know, about the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes just as an example, and, and you know, because a lot of people just talk shit to talk shit, right? Oh, well, the Dodgers are in on Freddie Freeman. What the hell? But yeah. but what I liked is how he he pulled the curtain back a little bit and kind of give us an insight into Andrew Friedman's philosophy. He's always stuck under the backboard to catch whatever opportunity might be there. And and that's kind of a testament to Ed, the success of the Dodgers. So for all you people talking shit, ha, that's why they're so good. But did you, what, I mean, what surprised me was when he said, if we wouldn't have gotten Freeman, we would have gotten someone else and whatever else we needed. So yeah. that made me really wonder who would have, who else would they have gone after? Well, I mean, and the reason the, I didn't want to, I didn't want to follow up, if you will, I didn't yeah. want to, because he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to show us his cards anyway, right? Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't have answered. No, but I mean, but even even of that, it, that's it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, when you hear all these these you know insiders or whatever that are saying the Dodgers are in on so and so, it sounds like that that's all true, and, and you can sit here. I mean, it, it just sounds like what it comes down to is Mark says yay or nay on the money, and that's about it. That's kind of crazy to think about that. That's just ultimately what it is. It's just that. Not even anything more of, of well, in the culture. You know, Andrew Freeman's talked about the culture. That's a big, that's a that's a big part of it. But and th- hasn't every guest we've had on that is new to the Dodgers or been with the Dodgers, they all talk about how much they enjoy the culture, appreciate, and notice how special the Los Angeles Dodgers culture is. I mean, and there you see, we saw it firsthand hearing it from Stan Caston himself. So. But the biggest thing is, my man basically said no pasa nada, yeah, and, and for he people did. like Juan, because he's Hyman Roth, that's why. <laughs> but he understood. But but the fact I that he that, that he's self aware enough to to say we are going to contend year in and year out, even when Alicia asked him about Julio Diaz, right? You know, he 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 answered. For me, the biggest takeaway wasn't the Julio Diaz component. It was. I don't even know who's going to be on this team in 23. I don't even know who's going to be on this team in 24. But what I do know is we're going to be contending. And and that's the ultimate kind of end-all, be-all is whatever it takes to win, that's what the Dodgers want to do. And the other thing that I took away, it's kind of wild to think about it, and it's just a weird irony. 
they were looking at buying the Astros. So the yeah, Astros could have yeah. had this exact same formula and pain, right? Where where everyone else is kind of wanting to be the Dodgers. You know, there could have been another franchise that could have been like this. And that's crazy to think about what could have been with, with the what ifs. You know what I mean? Well, you like what ifs once, so you understand that better than anyone. Well, I want to know who, who gave him the tip off that the Dodgers were going to be for sale. I, that's what I want to know. I mean, yeah. he said we were going to buy the Astros, but some a little birdie, a and little... It's a billionaire's, you know, billionaire boys club. I'm, you yeah. know, it's a small, very select club. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, and he'll I mean, never look, tell you we, either. We benefited from it. You 100%. know, we benefited because we got those guys. But yeah. I, I found it very interesting that he let that uh, let told us that he shared that with us. Before we wrap this up, Juan, I, I just I sincerely want to know: Did that conversation make you feel any better? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it does. I mean, you don't sound too. You don't. No, sound it, too it does until I see them blow a game, and then I'm going to wow. lose my shit again because it's it's all coming again. It's all coming. You can't win every game. It's and, and look, the regular season. It's okay. It's when we get to the playoffs. That's where the and look, Caston knows it. But here's the luxury. You know, he is. That's why he's in the position that he's in. Right. Right is because he can control his emotions. He can go ahead and set that aside. I cannot separate my emotions from the Dodgers. And, you know, I have I actually tried to separate my emotions? No. I wonder if I could separate my emotions and just be like, it doesn't faze me. You know who I can separate my emotions from? The Raiders. When the Raiders lose like they did, it doesn't, it doesn't faze me. Wait, you can do no paso nada with the Raiders, but you I can't can do with no the Dodgers? I can do no with the Raiders, but with the Dodgers, man. To the Lakers, for a certain extent, the Lakers, I do get a little, but nowhere near how much the Dodgers hurt me. The you would Dodgers be a fantastic do... case study for some behavioral science. We're going to have to start a GoFundMe and get a, a, a therapist and a vacation to get, him, to get him through the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's just because I love baseball more. Like, baseball is my favorite sport, and it's that's why – yeah. It, it hurts me more if the Dodgers, whatever the Do like there was a meme that I saw the other day for football people apply it to baseball for me, where it's like, oh, it's the first game of the season. Now for the 17 next weeks, it'll determine what my mood is going to be. And that's how it is with the Dodgers, man. I'm just like, come to playoffs. I'm going to be on edge because I want this team to win. I don't want to hear anymore about the Mickey Mouse World Series ring. I don't want to hear any of this. I want to just sit there and be like, we won. Now what? Well, now what are you guys going to say? Stan Kasten fully expects them to win. So I don't know what else to tell you to make you feel better. Hey, man. I, I, I mean, the, go ahead, babyface. No, well, I was going to say, and there's still going to be haters, and they're going to be, uh, you know what? The season started later. So they'll, they'll come up with something. To try yeah. and say, yeah. to try and say, like, oh yeah, Dodgers didn't really win that year, or whatever. Well, here's the other reason I want them to win because now it'll be twice that the Dodgers have taken the longest route, even though they have a bye technically. But this will be twice now that they've had to go through three rounds to win a World Series. And, and no other team's going to be able to say that. No other team in baseball is going to be able to say that. Well, and even that, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the thing that matters is the chip, bro. That's it. it yeah. It if does. you get the chip, then that's all that matters. And you know what? Stan fully expects to and, and I like how we clarified his statement. When I say contend, I mean win. So yeah. so for him to be that candid about it, can't thank him enough. But I also like that he he isn't complacent 
that was one thing that I've always been curious of because, you know, some franchises, you know, they think they have it down to a science and they don't think they need to improve. And Stan was like, nah, we don't do that because we expect to contend. So it's honestly, it was again, like Alicia said, when, when we, when we found out we were going to do this, I, I started doing research. There was like five, like in print interviews that he's done. And that was it. I, I and it, and even then those didn't really, you know, didn't really give you kind of any insight aside from the, I don't even want to call it generic, but just the very kind of a, a master class, you know, way that, that those sorts of guys go about uh, answering those questions. Yeah. No. And and the other thing is he, he, he just, he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. And for Dodger fans, that's for me, I, I feel a lot better now that I know that inside of it too, because obviously we knew the Dodgers got it because look at the guys that they've made better, but they get it as a whole from top to bottom. And man, that's scary to think though. That the Dodgers really are just sitting there behind the backboard waiting for whoever, and that guy could be a superstar like Freddie Freeman. And, and oh. here's the here's the thing, they've been here ten years, right? Yeah, ten years. And from the moment they took over, they said, "We are going to contend, you know, win every year." And so when they first got here, what they do? They traded for Agon, yeah. uh, Punto, yeah. and and um and um Beckett, right? And they didn't they didn't. De- they had to rebuild the farm system because the farm system was like bare bones, right? So they did that while still making playoffs. They've been, what is it now, 10 years, right? 10 years, 10 in, years in, a row, in the playoffs. Yeah. So every year, what other team can say, like, they do that? No, they, they break down. Look at the Nationals. They won a championship, what was it, two years ago? That team is unrecognizable from when they won. Yeah. I mean, team, teams don't do this. Teams don't contend year. That's why, like Leach said, we're so spoiled. Every year we're expecting to win. Every year, every year, like this, this is what this is what this ownership said they were going to do, and they continue to do it. And he, like, he even went out next year and the next year after that. We're going to contend. Well, and and Stan, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you are, but thank you, man. We 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 appreciate you uh, stopping by with the Godfather references and uh, and giving us a little bit of insight, pulling back the curtain. Uh, this episode of uh, the hundredth episode of the Bleedlos podcast. And again, can't thank you guys enough for supporting the thing. Uh, and we enjoy interacting with you guys, doing all that stuff. Was presented by Bet Online. If you head on, on over to Bet Online's website, which is betonline.ag, and use our promo code BLEAV50, B L E A V 50, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Don't bet on the Raiders, Juan. Don't bet on the Dodgers. That's bad for you, man. Just, just don't do that. But uh, thank you guys. Seriously, it means a lot to us that you've joined us this far in. Uh, so hopefully for the next. So that'd be 200. We get someone that's, uh, as Stan said, we got to shoot a little higher. I don't know who that is at this point, if I'm being honest with you, but we'll figure something out. Oh, that too. There's, there's a many names though. There's many names, but, uh, (laughs) but either way, we, 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 uh, we got to thank you guys. Cause if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here. And, and with the support and the following and all that jazz, we really, really appreciate you guys. So thank you a ton. And again, thanks to Stan Caston for stopping by, but we will catch you on the next one. And go Dodgers. No pasa nada, Juan. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.